Hi guys. Good to see you here tonight. TGI Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Though when you're a mom, it doesn't matter what day it is because you're never off duty. Also dads, you're not off duty either. Also, if you're not a mom or a dad, you probably are busy too. So I won't discriminate because that's not something that you want to do nowadays because then you'll get canceled. I'm trying to see how many um, live feeds that I can wear this hoodie for before um, it gets old. And I promise you that I washed it since the last time that I wore it. But if you're here tonight, just go ahead and give me a wave. I'm going to give a few minutes for people to pop on uh, and join us. So in the meantime, I will tell you lots of not funny jokes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so today when I was cleaning out my shed, because um, that's what you do when it's beautiful outside, you find more work to do. Uh, I found a key to my house in my shed. Um, and that's not something that's locked. So I thought that was clever of the previous owner to leave that there in case they wanted to come and, you know, snack from my fridge every once in a while. Um, but so that's what I did today. Uh, go ahead and wave, tell us where you're from. Say, Hey, it's me from Bethlehem. Um, hindrances to your breakthrough and how to remove them is the topic that I'm going to be speaking on today. Um, it's stuff that I've been writing down as I'm reading through the Bible and just different things that have been sticking out to me. I trust that it will be a blessing to you, um, as much as it's being a blessing to me. Um, it was beautiful out today. It was also beautiful out yesterday. And in case you're wondering what the weather is this week, it's going to be cold later on but like in the 40s and rainy, so not quite as beautiful as it has been. Um, so there's that. You're welcome. All right, let's get right into it. Hindrances to your breakthrough and how to remove them. Um, the first hindrance to your breakthrough is speaking against God's promises. Speaking against God's promises. So one thing that I didn't put in the title that I probably should have, that's, it's almost like a trick is that, um, these are more likely than not to be hindrances that you actually like ways that you hinder your own breakthrough. Um, so I'm so sorry if I am catching you at a bad time. Um, <laughs> but these are ways that we hinder our own breakthroughs. Um, so the first is speaking against God's promise. Um, so, so there's a quote that goes around or that's going around that's, that says, don't dig up in doubt, um, what, what you planted in faith. Don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. And also a lot of the times we undo what God did, um, by speaking, we open up our mouths and we undo what God did by simply speaking against um, one of God's promises. All of heaven backs up our words. All of heaven backs up our words. So the Bible says, 
Um, whatever we bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose here on earth will be loosed in heaven. So all of heaven is backing up what we're saying. And uh, the power of life and death are in the tongue. These aren't just like good sayings in the word of God. Um, they're j not just things that, you know, sound good. Um, but it's true. The power of life and death are in the tongue. And, you know, not that we need science to back up the word of God, but when science is done the correct way, um, it really does. And there's a bunch of studies that talk about how um, the more negatively you speak, there's actually, um, it's almost like as if death comes to specific um, portions of your brain. Listen, I'm not a, like a, I'm not a brain scientist, so I don't really know. Um, but I read a study that was talking about how when you speak certain things, um, you could actually make yourself more sick. You yourself know, like when you're stressed out and you start living in that stress, it starts to affect your body. Um, if you say, I don't know if this is ever going to get better, um, it actually discouraged you. And those are the types of things that we need to be careful of as believers. Um, the, the words that come out of our mouth will eat the fruit of it. So whether it's good or bad, we're going to, whether it's rotten fruit or ripe fruit, you're going to eat the fruit of the words that you say. And so one of the, one of the hindrances to us breaking through into the promises of God is really speaking against those promises, um, saying, well, I sure hope so. Uh, rather than saying, I know it, like God is, God is already moving in me. God is already doing something in me. Um, the Bible even says that to be saved, we have to confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to say words out of our mouths in order to be saved. Um, that's one of the, one of the, one of the things that we need to do to be saved is confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's powerful. Um, that our words have that much power behind them that when you open up your mouth and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he comes and makes a home in you. Um, that's how powerful our words are. And those who love it, love the, those words, will eat the fruit of it. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 13, verse, verse 26. Numbers 13, verse 26. Let's see if I can do something here. Let's see if I could pop it in here for you. Okay, we'll see. It's a little bit small, but hopefully this will help you. I'll do this. No? Okay. After exploring... Okay, sorry. So verse 26. To Moses... Oh, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. 
a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. Hold on one second. Verse 20, uh, 28, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We certainly can conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. Spreading a bad report about your life is a hindrance. That would probably be like a better way to retitle number one. Spreading a bad report. So they spread a bad report um, about the land. And they said, um, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak next to them. We felt like grasshoppers and that's what they thought too. Then the whole community weeping aloud, they cried all night. So when you spread a bad report, what happened with um, what happened with the Israelites is that at that time they didn't get to go into the promised land. Um, those are the people who ended up dying. They died. They didn't get to go back into the promised land and, or they didn't get to proceed into the promised land. That was a hindrance to their breakthrough. Why? Because they spread a bad report. They spread a bad report. Are you spreading a bad report? about your circumstance, about your situation. Um, what, what's going to happen? Um, what's going to happen about, uh, your health issues? Are you going to, are you going to keep, um, deteriorating? No, don't spread that bad report. That's a hindrance to your breakthrough. Spreading the report. Um, you know, it's so interesting to me that they, they picked, they were picking and choosing what they wanted to believe. And that's, that's how you also can hinder uh, a breakthrough in your life. They're picking and choosing what they want to believe. They see clearly the land is exactly what God said. And so if God said the land is going to be like this, it's going to be flowing with milk and honey. And then he also said, you're going to take possession of the land. Why can't you believe him all the way through? You can't pick and choose what to believe. If you pick and choose what to believe, you'll end up being like the Israelites, not able to get into the promised land because you want to believe God in one thing, but you don't want to believe God in another thing. And so we want to believe God that he saved us. Yes, I, I truly believe that I'm saved, but then we want to pick and choose. Well, is he, I don't really know if he's going to provide for me. I don't really know if he's going to pull through in his word when it says, um, 
that if I bring my tithes and offerings into the storehouse, he'll pour out a blessing so much so that I won't be able to contain it. We can't pick and choose what we want to believe about God. Um, what we want to believe about his word, when you pick and choose, uh, that's, that's what keeps you from, uh, walking into your breakthrough, walking into that, uh, that promise that man, it's really going to blow your mind. Um, that exceedingly and abundantly more that God said that we could have more than we ask, think, or imagine. God said that we could have those things. Um, but the types of things that hinder us is, is spreading a bad report. Picking and choosing what we want to believe would be number two. Picking and choosing what you want to believe. The Israelites saw this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Hola, Naira. Dios te bendiga. We love you. Um, picking and choosing what you want to believe. That hinders your breakthrough. That hinders you from being able to walk in God's promises. Don't, um, don't spread a, a bad report. So, uh, if you also have your Bibles turned to Luke chapter one, here is a way that you can stop hindering your breakthrough when it comes to speaking against God's promises or spreading a bad report. Uh, it's Luke chapter one, verse 18 it says this, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure? So an angel comes and approaches Zechariah, tells him some awesome stuff about this, a son that he's going to have, um, John the Baptist. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. That was the grace of God that the angel shut Zechariah's mouth. Because if he hadn't shut his mouth, who knows if he would have just undone a whole lot. Um, and so what the way to remove that particular hindrance of speaking against God's promise, um, shut your mouth. <laughs> and I really mean it. If you don't have, like, like our moms taught us, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's better for you to shut your mouth um, than to speak against God's promise. It's better for you to shut your mouth than to spread a bad report. Um, thank God that he has set a guard at the door of our lips at times because had it not been for the grace of God telling us to hold our tongues, um, we would have done undid a whole lot of what God was trying to do in our lives. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. Um, Pray in the Holy Ghost. When you feel discouraged, when you want to speak something um, that really goes against the word of God, when you want to speak, man, I don't feel like I'm going to make it. Like, really, just pray in the Holy Ghost instead. Rather than saying something to undo what God is trying to do, instead of saying something that's going to undo what God is trying to do in you, instead... Open up your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost. Open up your mouth. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could um, make intercessions 
so that we can express to him deep cries out to deep. So the deep things that are in our spirit, we can actually pour out to him when we pray in the Holy Spirit and without undoing, um, you know, the spirit of God intercedes through us perfectly. And so we won't undo anything that God's trying to do. If we pray in the Holy Spirit, if we pray in the Holy Ghost, um, otherwise just shut your mouth, right? Uh, don't speak against God's promises, uh, speak God's word and that will help you, um, and, and take away the hindrance of your breakthrough by closing your mouth, um, and also praying in the Holy Spirit. Number three, if you're taking notes, another hindrance to your breakthrough is not acting on words that God spoke to you, not acting on the words that God spoke to you. So for instance, you'll be in a service, right? And God speaks to you during the message or he speaks to you during worship. Um, whenever, or maybe you're in your prayer time alone and God is speaking to you. He's, he is taking time to speak to you. One of the things that I tell, um, the youth is man, always have a notebook ready when, um, you're in the presence of God because you're showing him, I expect that you're going to say something to me of value, so much value that I'm going to want to write it down so that I can come back to it at a later time and remember what it is that you said to me. Um, so a hindrance to our breakthrough can be not acting on words that God spoke to us. Uh, first and foremost, everything that's in his word. Um, this is our instruction manual. We can go off of the word of God and really know what it is that we could believe for. Another thing um, that stands out to me is, you know, often we will hear from the Holy Spirit and we'll feel to do something. Um, but how many times have we felt to do something in our spirit? And then, you know, service is over and, you know, you, you go out to eat afterwards and you sit down at the end of the day and you go, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Um, that just is actually like a little bit too crazy. That's, that's too much. That's beyond my reach. That's beyond my grasp. The reason why you feel that way at that time is because now you're not, you know, you're not, um, I want to say not focused on the spirit. Your flesh now is speaking. And so now that your flesh is speaking, you let your flesh talk and, Rather than listening to the word of God when, when man, you were in his presence, you were really listening to him. Now you're going to listen to your flesh. And that's one of the ways um, that hinders our breakthrough is not acting on the words that God gave us when we were in the spirit, when we were really listening to him, um, when we were in his presence. And we start to allow, uh, when we're not in his presence, well, we're always in his presence, but when we're not mindful of his presence, um, we start letting our thoughts when we're not mindful of his presence be what guides us and helps us make the next step. Um, and that becomes our day to day instead of being led and guided by the Holy Spirit. When you feel the spirit of God speaking to you, when you feel that unction in the spirit, you have to act on it. And I understand there's some things that, you know, require planning. So you can't just, 
you know, if the spirit of God says, hey, you know, open up a food bank and feed the homeless, you know, to the, those, that tent city there, I want you to feed, feed them every week. I understand there's some planning that goes into it. So you can't just, you know, walk out and do it. Um, but I think that you need to try, you know, get to it as soon as possible and start small, start small. Uh, if you feel like, man, I've got to feed the 50 people, um, but it's going to take me at least three weeks to be able to get the resources to do that. Start where you're at. Listen to God, answer him and start where you're at. Start where you're, where you're at right now, whatever you can do right now, do it. And if it's not feeding the 50 and you can only feed five, feed the five. Start now. Um, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Your latter will be greater than, than the former. Don't despise the small beginnings and think, well, that's, that's not enough. So I, I shouldn't even be doing it. No, really get up and do it. Act on the word that God spoke to you. Um, first Timothy one eighteen. Uh, says this, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling the prophecies, you might fight the battle well. When we hear a prophetic word from God, um, whether it's through a man or woman of God or through the spirit of God, those words actually help us to fight the battle that's ahead of us. So we've got to remember those words, keep them in the forefront of our minds rather than tucking it away um, and saying, well, I'm not, I'm not actually even sure it, if that was God. When you, you were, po- I mean, how many of us that's happened to us? You were absolutely positive that God was done changing your life in a service. Like I, my whole life has changed. Hi, Lamaris, God bless you. Uh, my whole life has changed because of the service. And then you walk out the doors and you're like, um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure if it was God. You know, what's the difference? You're hungry and you're going to go out to eat now. And you've forgotten about what God was speaking to you. That's all. That's the only thing that's changed. The word of God hasn't changed. Um, you need to remember the words that he spoke to you and bring them to the forefront of your mind, um, rather than keeping them in the back, tucked in the back. Oh, pray continually in the Holy spirit. Keep up with those types of things. And and fight the battle that's in front of you using uh, using the words that God spoke to you in those times where, man, I, I knew it was the Spirit of God talking to me. Take action then. Take action at that moment. Do what you can do at that time. Don't wait. Uh, I don't have to tell you this, but I will, I'll still tell you this. Uh, time is short. We don't have much time. So stop sitting around watching... Uh, an hour of Instagram reels. I'm only saying that because one time I like when I first discovered them and saw that they were funny, like I literally scrolled through them for an hour because they were hilarious. Um, and I thought, yeah, they were really funny and they made me laugh. Uh, there's nothing wrong with laughing and there's nothing wrong with relaxing, um, from time to time. But if that becomes your routine where, man, I got to sit around um, for hours when I get home and do nothing, ah, man, then why, why? That's a hindrance to your breakthrough. Get started with something. If you feel like, uh, maybe, maybe you felt like, man, I got to study the word more. 
so that I could teach it more. Um, but I don't even know where to start. And so then I'm not even gonna start. No, then just start. Do something. If you're listening uh, to the replay or you're listening, listening live, go ahead and type in the comments. Do something. Do something where you're at right now with the words that God spoke to you. Create an action based off of what God asked you to do. And if it's small, start small. Um, and start there and see how God grows it. He will grow it. And w- one quote that I heard, uh, it was a really powerful message. Um, and I can't remember any of the message, but I remember, um, I remember one of his quotes and it was, the stop is in the start. The stop is in the start. And what that means is that the hardest part about doing what God has asked you to do is just starting. And so many people stop before they've even started. And you're not going to be those kinds of people. Amen. Filled with the spirit of God, empowered by the spirit of God, hearing the word of God, and you're going to act on it because he's empowered you. He's really empowered you. You can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I don't know why that verse was so hard to come to my mind. Um, you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Really, nothing is impossible with God. With God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible with him. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so one of the hindrances to receiving our breakthrough is not acting on the word that God spoke to you. And I know that you're not going to be that kind of person anymore. The way to combat that and and remove that hindrance is to smart start small. Start now. Start small and start now. Do something. Do what God asked you to do. And if you're seeing at, uh, it at a huge scale, uh, start where you're at. Um, you know, just doing, doing some of these, uh, live streams, I felt from the Lord to do them. Um, but you know, I had like a budget in mind and I didn't have some of the things that I, that I wanted to have or that I read that's good to have. And I just decided who cares? Uh, you know, like I don't have a nice backdrop. Who cares? Who cares? Absolutely. Who cares? Just act on what God spoke to you to do. Number four. Um, I'm sorry if this is going to rub you the right, the wrong way, the right way. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, another hindrance to receiving your breakthrough is being nice. The Bible says to be as shrewd as, as shrewd as snakes and as gentle as doves. Um, Jonathan talks about often we are gentle as doves. We've got that down pat, but we don't have the shrewdest snakes part down. Um, Jesus talked about the fact that there are sheep, there are wolves in sheep's clothing, and then there are wolves. So there are sheep, there are wolves in sheep, sheep's clothing, and then there are wolves. There, there are people who you know they're out to get you, right? <laughs> who cares? That's right, Nida. Amen. There are people who you know who are out to get you. Those are wolves. They're out to destroy you. Um, then there are people 
who you don't know that they're out to get you. Those are, those are wolves in sheep's clothing, but they are. Um, the Bible says the enemy goes around um, masquerades as an angel of light. And so the devil disguises himself. And I'm not saying people are the devil because obviously the devil is the devil. Um, but what I am saying is that there are people around you, surrounding you, all throughout the Bible, man, king after king, they were assassinated by people who were close to them. And once again, I'm not telling you um, to go like, you know, which one is the sheep and which one is the wolf in sheep's clothing. And I know that person is the wolf. Don't be a conspiracy theorist with the people who are around you. You know who the people who love you. Um, but man, I think sometimes we're nice when we shouldn't be. Once again, I'm not saying be nasty. Um, your pastors are going to come to me and be like, you know, she's been mean to me lately. He's been mean to me lately. And they said that you said to stop being nice. Um, yeah. So point them back to the broadcast so that they can watch the whole thing in context, please. But king after king, they're assassinated by people who are around them. Um, how many times did... Uh, men of God in the Bible fall because they, they connected themselves. They married, um, they married women who worshiped idols, um, women from pagan nations. They connected themselves with women that they shouldn't have connected themselves with. Look at what happened to Solomon. The Bible says that, um, you know, God, God had warned him, please don't marry women, um, from these other, these other nations because they're, they're going to turn your heart from me. And what happened? The Bible says, and they did indeed turn his heart from God. That's one of the saddest, one of the saddest lines in the Bible that I've read. They did indeed turn his heart from God. God warned him about these pagan women and he, he didn't listen. And over and over in the Bible, you see it's people who are close that do the most damage, that keep people from being able to move into the promised land. Uh, what happened to Moses? It was the people, his, his reaction to the people, right? Um, must I bring water from this rock for you people? It was his reaction to the people. There were people who were around him that God already said, let me take them away from you. And I'm going to use you, Moses. I'm going to create a whole new nation from you, Moses. And he was like, no, beg, begged God not to. Um, and that's noble in a sense, but in a sense that these people who he let stay with him ended up keeping him from being able to, to go into the promised land. Um, they hindered his breakthrough. They hindered him from receiving the promises of God that God had for him. And sometimes we're just a little nice. When you're not nice, you, you don't pet a wolf. You don't pet a wolf. They'll bite your hand off. Um, you don't do it. And we do a lot of that. One time I was at a, an aquarium and, um, you know, it tells you not to put your hand in the fish tank, 
and I put my hand in the fish tank anyway. Um, and it ended up being, uh, like a piranha tank. Thank God that I think they, they, I don't know what happened, but they must not have been hungry. Uh, but you don't, you don't pet wolves. You don't stick your hand in a piranha tank. Some people aren't, aren't loyal. Some people are not sticking around because they're loyal. Let me put it that way. Some people stick around because they want to ruin you. And once again, don't, don't be a conspiracy theorist and think like everybody's out to get me, but there, there are people who, who are inspired by the enemy to destroy you. It's true. Look all over the Bible. I would love to pretend like it's not true, but it is true. And sometimes we're just a little bit too nice and we're sticking around with the wrong people. Um, people are hindering our breakthrough. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter eight, verse 14. Let me see where we want to go. Mark chapter eight, verse 22. This is Jesus and his disciples. He's talking about Jesus and his disciples. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Listen to this. So some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Verse 23, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hand, hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. What's interesting about this is that Jesus had to take the man out of the village. He had to remove him. I almost wonder even from the people who brought him to him. Because if there's doubt, it says in, in one of the gospels that Jesus could not perform many miracles in that, in that city because of their unbelief. When there's unbelief, when there's doubt, you have to actually remove yourself from those, those people. If there's people around you who are speaking doubt, if there's people around you who are speaking, uh, speaking against the promise of God, you've got to remove yourself from those people. And, and there are times that we've got to stop being nice. Lamar says, be wise and exercise discernment. Protect your, protect your heart. Yes, love others, but protect your call and your anointing. Yes, you've got to. You've got to be wise. You've got to be loving. You've got to be gentle as a dove. Um, and we've got to be shrewd as a snake. We've got to be kind. We've got to be careful. But sometimes people don't mess it up for us. And we've got to be more careful about what God wants for us than what people think is best for us. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 
Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. This one always gets me. Matthew chapter 9, verse 23 says this, When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Verse 24, Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After, everybody put after in the comments. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Jesus didn't put everybody out because uh, he didn't want them to see the miracle. Okay, he's like, you know, he's going through villages, he's going through different cities, and he is healing people. Whole crowds are seeing, they're being fascinated by it. And they're amazed by what Jesus is doing. They're astounded. So he doesn't put the people out because he doesn't want to want them to see the miracle. He puts the people out because they laughed at him when he spoke faith. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. They laughed. He put them out because there was a funeral song. How many times... <laughs> This is not going to sound good, but how many times is it that, you know, people around you, they, if you say, yeah, you know, I, I got a call that I got cancer or that I have cancer and they're there to cry with you right away. Um, you need people of faith standing around you saying that, no, we're not going to receive that word. We're not going to receive that bad report. Um, and here is Jesus trying to say and encourage the people. When, when the word of God comes to you, just like we said earlier, when, when God speaks a word to you, don't speak against it. So here is Jesus saying, she's only sleeping. And then they laugh. They laugh. And, you know, if we were at that funeral at that home, say you had a funeral in your house and it's for, it's for your sister, your young sister who passed away. Jesus comes in the house and there's the, all your family members are there crying and weeping because she's she has passed, you know. And Jesus yells at them and tells them to get out. How many of us would have been like, okay, say it's not Jesus because we know who Jesus is. Say it's some man who's like all of a sudden popular and well-known, but we don't really know him personally. Comes into the house and tells all your family members to get out, yells at them. We would be nice and we would be like, no, you don't, you don't have to get out. You can stay. Just, you know, try to keep it down. When Jesus was trying to do something, he was trying to separate the people and take the unbelief out of the house. And we would have been the nice people to say, no, 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 you can stay. Don't worry about it. You could stay. Just try not to be so loud. Um, and that's not what God wants for us. Sometimes we lose out on what's next for us because we've been nice. Because we didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Because we didn't want to be rude. Because am I am I talking to anybody here? Like, we, we just wanted to be careful. We wanted to be cautious. Um, we wanted to 
we wanted to, you know, just be kind. And it doesn't look like Jesus had that all the time. He did not look kind all of the time. But what he did provide for the family was a living child then, after all was said and done. And if you, if you want breakthrough in your life, if you want to receive the promises of God in your life, there are some things that you can only receive when you put out the noisy crowd that's singing a funeral song over your life. When you, there's some things that you can only receive when you put out the people who are laughing at the stuff that God told you to believe for. Amen. Uh, some, some promises and breakthrough you can only receive when you separate yourself from people who are still living in the old and still only believing for the old, uh, that holding on to, to the old, um, that's something that we get into the habit of doing and you can't go on to what's next if you're still holding on to what's in the past. Um, so if you're taking notes, that's, that's the next hindrance to our breakthrough is we hold on, we hold on to the old because we've invested so much in the old. So that can, that can relate to people, you know, same thing with Moses, man, God, God, I brought them this far. Like I'm not going to abandon them now. Um, but we hold on to what's old because we invested so much in those particular things and God's saying, man, I, I want you to receive something new from me and you can't receive the new if you're holding on to the old. Second Chronicles 25. Um, this is really funny when I was reading it. Second Chronicles 25, uh, verse seven. Well, actually I'm going to go to verse five. Then Amaziah, listen, I just pretend like I know how to say the names. So if you actually know how to say the names, God bless you. Um, then Amaziah organized the army, assigning generals and captains for all Judah and Benjamin. He took a census and found that he had an army of 300,000 select troops, 20 years old or older, all trained in the use of spear and shield. He also paid about 7,500 pounds of silver to hire 100,000 experienced fighting men from Israel. But a man of God came to him and said, Your majesty, a man of God came to him and said, Your majesty, do not hire troops from Israel, for the Lord is not with Israel. He will not help those people of Ephraim. If you let them go with your troops into battle, you will be defeated by the enemy no matter how well you fight. God will overthrow you, for he has the power to help you or trip you up. Amaziah asked the man of God, But what about all that silver that I paid to hire the army of Israel? The man of God replied, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. So go back go back to... Uh, Verse eight, if you let them go with your troops into battle, you will be defeated by the enemy. No matter how well you fight, God will overthrow you for he has the power to help you or to trip you up. Amaziah said to the man of God, but what about all the silver I paid to hire the army of Israel? And isn't that what we do? God tells you, listen, I want you to move forward with this particular thing. 
I want you to let go of this. I want you to move forward with this particular particular thing because I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to grow you. And this is where I want you at. And then you go, okay, but God, what about that though? Because I just spent the last three years um, trying to figure out that. And now you're asking me to do that instead. And I just invested so much in that. So what about that? Um... So God is telling Amazia, listen, if you follow me, forget about those troops. I'll make sure that you win. And then he goes, oh, but what about the, all that money that I paid the troops? Who cares whether it was God, you know, if God is the one who's making you win, who cares that you paid money to them to help you win? Like you see how it's counterproductive. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And that's what we do. But I spent so much time invested in this major in college. And now God's telling me to do this major instead. Um, and I don't want you to think that it's only, it only ever works one way. Like, you know, I, I, I majored in business, but now God is calling me to the ministry. You could have majored in ministry and now God is calling you to business because that's where he wants you. You can be anointed and in business. And God can want you in business. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ while you're in business. It means that he's anointed you to do that particular thing. And that's where he's going to use you. And, and so, so often we hold on to what's comfortable. We hold on to what was. And we're actually the ones who are digging ourselves holes. Um, we're digging ourselves into ruts. And we're the ones who are holding back um, and, and keeping ourselves from moving into our breakthrough, moving into our promise, because we want to hold on to the old. Um, in Acts chapter 19, 17 through 20, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. I'm almost finished if, if, if you've uh, stayed with me this long. Um, people gave their hearts to the Lord and they ended up burning up um, their, their sorcery books. And, you know, I don't remember the value, but it's millions of dollars worth of books is what it comes out to be. I believe in present time money. And man, it would be awesome if we, as people of God really, um, let go of the stuff that's in the past, letting go of what's behind us, but pressing on to what's ahead. Um, there's, there's lots of kids in the, in the youth group and people that I've seen throughout time that, man, they're just really believing for a breakthrough in their lives. They're, they're believing for, um, so many things to happen, uh, for them to be able to move forward in their walk with God and in their calling. And a lot of the times what happens is they're not willing to let go of what's known. They're not willing to let go of um, just the old, you know, what they're used to. And a lot of it is because, man, I've, I've invested so much time and also money into that particular thing. So why would I stop now? Why can't God use it? Um, and the thing is, if God told you, let it go, or if he's prompting you in your spirit, I need you to go a different path, Um He's that voice behind you saying whether you should go to the right or the left and you need to listen to it. 
because you're actually hindering your breakthrough. You're hindering that receiving the promise of God for your life because you're just, you're just wanting to hold on to what you've invested in all of these years. And man, God, God wants you to be able to receive what he has for you and holding on to what he told you to let go of isn't going to be it. That's not going to be the way. Um, the Bible says, let us, let us let go or strip off the weight that so easily entangles, I think is what the Bible says. Strip it off. Strip off the weight that so easily entangles you. There's, there's stuff that entangles us and we need to strip it off. Amen. Um, finally, uh, something that hinders breakthrough, walking in God's promises, all of those things is disobedience, disobedience to God's word. Um, it actually is some, all of these things are summed up, um, in some way, shape or form in disobedience, not listening to what God said. What did God tell you to do? Do it. Um, what did God speak to you through his word? Do it. Um, and one thing that I, I think stands out to me is that we get so used to the fact that we fail all the time that we just assume that we're always going to be failures and that becomes a hindrance in and of itself. We just expect that we're going to be disobedient. We expect that we're going to fail. Uh, we walk out of the service already defeated going, I don't know if I can. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't follow God. You can't serve God. Um, you can't, uh, take the promised land, take possession of the promised land. You can't, uh, speak to people on the streets and see them saved, healed, filled with the Holy Spirit and on their way to heaven. You can't in and of yourself. That's why we rely on the spirit of God. That's why we rely on Jesus, the son of God. That's why we rely on God, the father. Why? Because we can't, we can't on our own and you can't. So when you're walking out of that service or you're walking out of that time that you spent with God and you go, man, I really hope that I can, uh, you're put, you're putting your trust in yourself and stop, stop, stop expecting yourself to fail because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all failures. We're utter failures. You see it in, in Genesis. What is it for at the very beginning? Like, Look at how thick it this is. Look at how thick the Bible is. Right? You see it? Let this be an exercise for you. No, I'm so sorry. We didn't even get to fourth. Genesis 3. So, do you see? And actually, this is a bunch of table of contents and copyright stuff. And, um, notes. So let me get to the, let me get to the actual substance of the Bible. This is really discouraging. I'm sorry, everybody. Wow. You see the thickness of my Bible? Okay. You see that? It took us 
this much. To utterly fail. You see the whole Bible? It took us this much of it. To fail. You're in good company if you feel like, man, I messed up and I just can't do it. Like, I can't get it right. And this is when they saw God face to face, too. I, I'm, I'm going to add that in there so you don't feel that discouraged. This is when they saw God face to face on top of it. You are a failure in your flesh. I was a failure in my... Oh, you were a failure in your flesh. I was a failure in my flesh. And if I'm putting my trust and my confidence in myself, I'm going to keep failing. I'm going to keep disobeying. I'm going to keep messing up. I'm going to be like Moses striking the rock when God told me to speak to it. Uh, I'm going to be like David uh, not in war when I'm supposed to be in war and then I end up killing somebody. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be like Uzziah who stretched out, I think it was him or Uzzah, whatever, stretched out my hand and, and, and grabbed the ark. Think I had good intentions, um, to try to protect it. And then, you know, I, I'm going to fail miserably in and of myself every single time. I'm going to be like Peter who denies Christ over and over and over again, just doesn't get it into my head. If I'm trying to live in my own strength and if I'm trying to live in my own power, I'm going to be like every example in the Bible of people who have messed up over and over and over again. I'm going to be like Thomas and say, nope, it, uh, unless I stick my hand in his side and put my hand in the holes in his hand, um, absolutely not. Oh, I'm wondering if this, uh, froze. No, it didn't. Um, absolutely not. I'm going to, I'm just going to keep failing. That's what Thomas did. He was like, I'm not even going to believe unless I'm able to touch him with my, with touch the holes in his hand and the holes in his side with my hand myself. Enough of this believing business. I want to see it to believe it. And the thing is we, we are like, I showed you one page in one page in to this instruction manual from God we messed up and let that be an encouragement to you. Let that be an, an encouraging word to you. Um, you can't do it yourself. You can't do right yourself. And that's why we say, Spirit of God, fill us afresh and anew. Help us. Well, I, I know you filled me fully to the fullest extent. I know I'm already full of your Holy Spirit. Help me to know it. Help me to be conscious of the fact that you've already filled me and that um, even though the flesh and the spirit contend, that I have the power to tell my flesh to shut up and to listen to the spirit of God and let you, God, live through me. Let me be your hands and feet. I actually have that ability because of you living inside of me. And listen, we none of us can do any of this. Um, if it wasn't for God and if it wasn't for him sending his son, Jesus to die on our behalf so that we could be forgiven of our sins. The Bible says that our criminal charges were nailed to the cross through Jesus. 
he took the criminal charges against us and they were nailed to the cross. The Bible says that we were bought at a high price. We have become sons and daughters of the living God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, how he shed his blood. You know, he died for you. Has anybody ever told you that God loves you so much? God, really God. You know, the one that everybody would like to know whether or not he really is. Well, he really is. And he sent his son, Jesus. He was born of a virgin here on this earth. He actually walked on this earth. It's the truth. He walked on this earth. He lived a perfect life. And as he walked here on this earth, he saved people um, from sickness, from disease, um, and he set them free from demonic oppression and possession. And then not only did he do all of that, but then he went to the cross. He carried his own cross. He was whipped brutally. He was beaten. And then he died a criminal's death. Like they really said that he was a criminal and he died on the cross. He let his last breath out and he gave up his spirit. The Bible says And three days, he was buried in a tomb. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. And he appeared to hundreds of people here on this earth. Um, And he is, then he ascended into heaven. And he's actually alive right now, the right hand of God. And he is making intercession for you. Meaning he's praying for you. And so God's not willing that any should perish, but all would come to the knowledge of him, to everlasting life. He wants you to come to eternal life. He wants you to have life abundantly. He doesn't want you to live depressed. He doesn't want you living like, man, I feel like I can never get a breakthrough. I feel like I'm always stuck on this particular level. I feel like I take two steps forward and three steps back over and over and over and over again. And many of you have said, I just feel like I can't get a break. But God broke through for you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You know what you're missing? You're missing a relationship with God. And I promise you that the, the Bible says in this world that you'll have troubles. But take heart for I've overcome the world. Um, you're you're going to... You're going to have troubles whether you follow God or not. Um, But the promise that we have through Jesus Christ is that he's overcome already. And he actually puts us at a place where our enemies are underneath our feet. And we get to sit on his throne with him. And we can experience troubles from on top. Meaning we can know what the outcome is. um, I believe it was Ted Shuttlesworth says, Christians aren't in trouble. They have troubles, but they're not in trouble. God's, God's wanting to bring you out of, up and out of your trouble tonight. So if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to give your heart to him, um, let us know in the comments that you prayed this prayer after we pray. But uh, repeat this prayer after me and then I'm going to pray for the rest of you who have been listening tonight. 
that you would receive your breakthrough and that you would have the wisdom to do the things that his word, uh, uh, that his word shows us to do. Amen. So if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, go ahead and pray this after me. Um, and mean it from your heart, dear father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separated me from you. Forgive me, father. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God, you raised Jesus from the dead and he's alive right now, giving me power over sin. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I would live for you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray for the rest of you. Uh, Father, I thank you for each person who's listening or each person who's watching, um, even the people who are going to watch this as it replays in the future. Uh, God, I pray and ask you in Jesus' name that you would help us to understand the power, the greatness of your power that lives on the inside of us. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Everything that we have need of, you have already provided. You are our shepherd. We shall not lack. We have everything that we need because of you. And God, I know that there are times that we feel like, um, man, I've had a setback or I just feel like I can't break through. Bring your word to our remembrance, God, that sometimes we're not breaking through because we're speaking against um, your word. We're speaking against your promises. When we open up our mouth, we're not speaking your promises. We're speaking against them. Show us how to speak your word. Show us how to shut our mouths when we want to say something that's against your word. Show us how to put things into action. Show us how to not pick and choose what we want to believe. Show us when it's time to stop being nice to the people who are around us that we know are wolves or sheep in wolves clothing. And show us, God, that though, uh, though we have disobeyed in the past, you've empowered us to be um, obedient. Your, your law is written on our hearts, God, so we can truly follow you. Um, and show us, God, how to let go of the old, the, the stuff that's entangling us, God. Show us how to do it so that we can walk forward in your promises, walk forward in what you've given to us, God, and no longer be hindered or entangled by these weights, but to throw them off and run the race with perseverance that you've marked out for us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I forgot where the camera was. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we love you so much and trust God's best for you. Uh, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, go ahead and send me a message or write in the comments so that we can reach out to you. Um, we want to get you connected to a local church. Um, if you're in the Bethlehem, Allentown, Easton, McCungie, Whitehall area, we'd love to have you at Central Assembly of God. We have services on Sundays at 9 and 11 and services on Wednesdays for many, all the age groups at 7 p.m. And we have a ton of other programs that we can help you with. Uh, we love you. God bless you. You have a good night.